great Odin's raven. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. If you recognize that intro, I thank you for sticking with us for 300 episodes. That was the intro from our very first episode. First few. We we yeah. used that intro for like a month or so, maybe. We used it for a little while. And because it's a milestone, I thought we would do something a little bit different this week by taking a look back to where it all started mm-hmm. and listen to a few clips from our earliest episodes. If you're just here for the reviews, though, fear not, because we do have a review lined up this week. We'll be discussing Mandy, the latest from director Panos Cosmatos. Now, in the very beginning, when we started the show, I decided that I wanted to do bite-sized daily news podcasts in addition to the longer weekly show. Mm-hmm. So... We, we, when we first started it off for like the first couple of weeks, it was just me doing these little two or three minute long episodes every single day. So this clip is technically the first ever podcast we had on the site. Although Kevin, you're not, you're not in it. I would, oh, I would, I love, <laughs> I love these. I love the ones that I'm not in. These are the best. Don't worry. There's a lot of clips that, just have me being yes. an idiot. Yes. I would quickly realize that trying to publish a podcast every day was completely not feasible whatsoever. And I abandoned the idea <laughs> after like two weeks of doing it. I was just like, no, this is, there's just no way that this can possibly be sustained. My, my favorite thing about this is you often do this. Oh, yeah. You get so excited about our idea that I'm at the point now where I'm just like, he's got to learn on his own. <laughs> I, I definitely, <laughs> I, yes, I will frequently bite off more than I can chew. Absolutely. That's why like when we started the nineties podcast at first, I was like, Oh man, we could do it like weekly. We could do this, make another weekly show. And Ken was like, we should just do it once a month and then that way we can spend an ample amount of time preparing it and getting everything together and then have something that's, you know, highly produced and has a lot of information in it and give us time to cover more movies. And I was like, okay, all right, we'll do the monthly thing. I'm so glad that we went monthly because I would not be able to do it if it was every week. No. Anyway, the first daily episode came out on January 30th, 2012, and it's a two-minute segment where I talk about the SAG Awards, and (laughs) for some reason, this is also what I talk about. The full two-and-a-half-minute version of the Ferris Bueller Honda commercial came out today, and I gotta say, it was pretty funny. I didn't feel like the fact that it was a commercial was being crammed down my throat, and it was kind of refreshing to see Matthew Broderick reprise his role as Ferris Bueller. That was it. I talked about a a Honda commercial with Matthew Broderick. I don't know if you remember that commercial, but I, I completely forgot about it until I was listening back. Lord have mercy. Uh, I should note that all of these clips that I'm going to play, I have not cleaned up the audio at all on any of the clips. They're presented exactly how they were originally published for public consumption. So this is this is the quality that we were working with back in 2012. So the first full episode of the show was released on February 5th, 2012. And in the first segment we discussed the Oscar nominees. So let me play the, I'll play the intro and then what we said about some of the Oscars. Welcome to the filmpulse.net podcast, episode number one. With me today is Kevin. How are you doing there, Kevin? I am good. Now this is, this is before, I I remember we were like concerned about using our last names. We were just like, I don't know if we want to, 
use our last names. We were, we were concerned about so much back then. Like we didn't want to swear. Remember that? Like you, mm-hmm. you were worried about your work finding out and that all, that all went out the window <laughs> pretty quickly. Today we're going to yeah. be talking about the Oscars and what movies we're seeing. We have a new segment we like to call Ryan Watches a Movie. So let's get started with the Oscars. So Ryan Watches a Movie was actually part of the original show. Like we didn't have, we didn't split that off into its own show until maybe a month in. So like the first Th- maybe three episodes of Ryan watches a movie were actually part of the regular show. Oh yeah. I do kind of remember that. We, we had them. It was all just one, one thing. And then we realized that Ryan watches a movie was turning out to be like at least 25 or 30 minutes long. And it was just, it was too long to be a part of a segment because half the podcast ended up being Ryan watches a movie so we ended up just making that into its own thing. Now, I'm not going to play any clips from those early episodes because I might want to do that for the 300th episode of Ryan Watches a Movie. So we're going to save those. But uh, some of those had some some gems in them that we'll be getting into. I can imagine. Yeah. Let's continue with this Oscar talk. And, and first of all, let me just note that I don't... I think I speak for Kevin when I say that really neither of us care about the oscars too much it's more of like a novelty thing especially Um, this year especially this year (laughs) so let's get into the best motion picture um nominees first we have the artist the descendants extremely loud and incredibly close the help hugo midnight in paris moneyball trio life and warhorse this is such torture to listen to (laughs) i like how it sounds it sounds like I'm like in a storm. <laughs> like it's windy. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. It's it gets it's gets so much worse. It gets so much worse. I mean, it's funny that like your audio issues are still ongoing. <laughs> like 6 years later you're still having audio issues. <laughs> it never stops. Oh god. All right, let's continue with the I think that we're still talking about the best pictures here. Well, my first thought is they changed <laughs> to 10 movies, what, like last year? The year before? Yeah, yeah, I think it was last year. Yeah. And then, you know, the second time of this, you're <laughs> you only going to pick nine movies. Here. Like, you <laughs> can't find one more movie. But, like, yeah. why, why did you change it to 10 in the first place then? What was the situation there? You were using your your laptop microphone? Is that what you didn't I think so? Which the best part of this is I would have to because you always said that it wasn't loud enough. Yeah, you would have to hold your like laptop up to your face. It would be against my chest. <laughs> so that's why it sounds like I'm so close to it. So anytime I had to look at the computer, I would have to like pull it down and then bring it back up and then pull it down and bring it Oh my god! Oh. All right, I think so. We continue talking about the how we hate we hate the Oscars. We hate all the best picture stuff, and and I think you wanted to talk about Moneyball here. You had a you had a real problem with. No, that's all right. We wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to say something about Moneyball. <laughs> uh, this movie doesn't make sense to me because I'm a huge baseball fan. And I follow baseball. Follow. It just it bugs me so much that they talk about Billy Bean, you know, and his Moneyball technique, but mm-hmm. they don't they don't explain like he turns down a job from the Boston Red Sox. Now to stay with Oakland. Now, how have have your thoughts changed about Moneyball since then? Are you still are you still as offended? <laughs> Violently offended by Moneyball. <laughs> it's just, uh, I love that. I'm like, I follow baseball. <laughs> I love that. I'm a big fan of baseball. Love it. And then I got to follow it up with, I follow it. <laughs> just like to reiterate uh, that 
I follow baseball. So yeah, I don't care about Moneyball. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the funny thing about doing these podcasts is like you have to like I feel like I have to have opinions on things, right? Yeah, you know, even trivial stuff that you don't really have an opinion about. Right, whatever you just got to say something <laughs> about something you know whatever it is we're talking about yeah i know the feeling so you end up kind of getting invested into a thing that you're like yeah i really don't care about money ball <laughs> uh-huh. i just well i rewatched that recently it was on it was on tv it was on some channel and i i still have not seen money ball which <laughs> yeah. i should talk about money ball <laughs> <You> like <laughs> That's the best part. You were you had you went on this minute and a half long rant against Moneyball, and you never saw the movie. And then I think I think what an awful person. We talk about Warhorse next. Did you see Warhorse? <laughs> I don't think I saw. I don't. I don't think movies. you saw Warhorse either. But this is so. Next, we talk about Warhorse. Let's let's listen to that. But well, I think we definitely need to talk a little bit more about Warhorse because there's some funny things in that movie that need to be discussed. So you say that there were funny things in Warhorse that need to be discussed, but I think I think maybe you were just going off on what I previously told you off the air about Warhorse, maybe? Probably. That's more likely because I doubt I knew anything about Warhorse. Because listening back, I was pretty sure you never saw... Warhorse no, doesn't never saw it. doesn't seem like a movie you would seek out. No. Hmm. But I love how I love how I always started with like we need to talk about Warhorse. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I got fucking breaking news or some shit. <laughs> we we gotta gotta <laughs> dive into this. Take a deep dive into Warhorse. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Warhorse. We laughed at and made fun of that. Nothing special there. I'm sure that any of you that saw Warhorse will know what we were laughing at. The, the scene when he gets like caught up in the middle of the battlefield and they all throw their wire cutters and stop the war to free him and all that stuff. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then we talk about directors. Let's see what this says. Uh, do you know how to pronounce the director of the artist's name? I have no idea. Is it Michelle? It could be. Michelle <laughs> Hazanavikius? I'm, so, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, that and then we perfect. have Alexander Payne for The Descendants, Martin Scorsese for Hugo, Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris, Terrence Malick, Tree of Life. Those are uh, all really solid directors. Who do you think, who do you want to win for that? Well, of course I want Woody Allen to win. <laughs> that's that's a that's an interesting choice. I, I want him to win too, actually. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, the artist. I do too. Uh, and so begins my struggles with names. There's the, I think that was a milestone in that it was, probably the first name I attempted to pronounce on this show and butchered and then made it worse by like profusely apologizing for it. That started. That's, that's where the tradition started. Yeah. And I was just, it was funny because as soon as you go through the list of directors and you're like, who do you want to win? I'm like, please, Kevin, don't say Woody Allen. <laughs> I know. I thought that's what I thought was so funny. <laughs> Cause you go, well, of course I want Woody Allen to win. <laughs> Uh, which is so which is kind of weird too because i don't i don't remember being like a, ever being a huge woody allen fan like i liked woody allen but i don't remember being like a big fan like god i hope he wins oscars yeah i don't know if i have the the clip from it on here but we talk about it a little bit more later in the show and you know what? I think I might have it right here. Let let me let's play the next clip and see if this is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I would say that I want Woody Allen to win too. I mean, that's that was by far his biggest movie, and I think he do just. You think, <laughs> do you think he's gonna show? Yeah, up? 
Oh, I don't know. Let me stop. Let me stop this there. Because I say it's by far his biggest movie, (laughs) which I think is objectively incorrect. I'm not even sure where I got that from. Uh, Let's continue. I doubt it. I doubt it. They'll probably have like somebody accept the award for him if he wins. But really doubt it. So I hope, I <laughs> just, hope it's the, it's just, so it goes on. The conversations go on. They go on for so long. I guess maybe I wasn't sure how much to edit or just I didn't have the skill with editing. And I think that most of the things, like most of the early episodes, maybe one, two, and three, are just verbatim. Like, I didn't really do any editing at all, so it's just straight up. And they're just such a mess. I just love it because it also, you sound so disinterested. I know, (laughs) I know. Like, uh, I I did notice that, like, as the show went on, I started to become more animated and less less monotone I'm, i still talk i mean i can't help that that's just my voice but i became more animated in how i talk and these these first couple episodes i was just like just flat just <laughs> completely flat like i didn't give a fuck like fuck all these movies why am i doing this i shouldn't be here it's too cool for this podcast yeah. that i created <laughs> that i created and this is the first episode, and we're really trying to make a good first impression. And it's just like, I can't be bothered. Uh, going back to the me butchering names, I think I, I found another one here. This is actually from episode three, but we're gonna, just going to jump I ahead. Want, I thought of this when you brought up this idea, this 300th episode and everything. And I would like to have a, a compilation just scour every episode and just every time we butcher a name, just rapid fire. <laughs> well, I do, I do have another one. So let me play this one from episode three. Get her name wrong, but it's like Sorce Rona <laughs> or something like that. She was in Hannah. <laughs> Sorce Rona. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Sorce. <laughs> The best part is it even sounds like you're having. <laughs> I didn't even say. I, yeah, I didn't even say her last name right. I didn't even get the last name right, and it's <laughs> the last name is easy, and I still managed to mess that up. Let's see. We then talk about best score in the first episode, so. Let's see what we have to say about best score. Uh, I think we can just sort of talk about uh, some of the omissions, some of the snubs. Like, I can't believe there's no Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yeah, that's a big one. For the score. That's a big one. I don't, I don't get that at all. Oh, really? Yeah. I I'm... mean, the way they score movies <laughs> is just <God>. perfection. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just yeah, perfection. Really, really good. I love good. the fact with the the newest one, you could tell that they incorporated things that were happening in the movie at that time. Mm-hmm. They would incorporate it into the music. Yeah, like one of the guys like cleaning the floors at the the office. You know, they yeah. work yeah, yeah. that into the music. <laughs> uh, uh, everything. Yeah. No. Uh, so right. So right. So much insight. God. So what what movie was that? Was that for Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what that was for. Yeah, I just thought uh, my my favorite thing because I almost just did it again. My favorite thing is how I'm always like, I love, I just love a lot of shit. I do that too. <laughs> just love everything. We didn't have any kind of structure, so we. We started the show off with what we've been watching. So that that's how we started it. 
But we didn't do like the watch list how we do now. We just kind of listed the movies that we were seeing. But there was like no reason to do it. We were just like listing off movies that we saw. We didn't really get into what we liked about them or even if we liked them. <laughs> it was just like a, we we're just reading off a list. And this is, so this is from the very first episode. This is, I believe, you and your watch list. What what do you got coming down the pipe? What are you watching, Kevin? Uh, I'm going to be watching Snowtown today. That's right. Snowtown. Now, you, you didn't even, this, this wasn't even a movie you already saw. This is a movie you're planning to see. What? <laughs> what was, I don't understand what the point is, because you were like, what do you have in the pipe? Like, I had my week planned out of, like, what I'm going to be watching. Know, man. I, I don't know. You were planning on watching Snowtown, so that apparently because I'm pretty sure I reviewed that. I think that was probably you reinforcing the fact of Kevin. You need to watch this movie. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, let's let's continue that clip. Was it it won a whole bunch of Australian Academy Awards uh, this past week? So I'll be interested yeah, to hear I'm... what you think about that one. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty jazzed to see it today. Yeah. Excited. I definitely want to see that one as well. Oh god, it's so brutal. Now here, here's the thing. You talk about Snowtown. We say that I'm excited to hear about it. I can't wait for you to tell me about Snowtown. But you but you don't mention it that episode because you haven't watched it yet. Now episode right. two comes around. Let's let's hear your watch list for episode two. Maybe you can shed some light on this Snowtown business. Uh, I also watched Rampart, which I had to review up there on the website yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, saw Snowtown last weekend, the mm-hmm. Australian movie. Um, Pina, the Toynbee Top. And that's, <laughs> that's the end of that. <laughs> no mention again of Snowtown. <laughs> Why is my voice? Yeah, you had a different mic that time, I think. I think for episode two, you're using something different. Okay. Oh, that's right. I think I went out and bought like a headset or some shit. Yeah, but it still wasn't. It still wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't a great situation. That pretty much covered episode one. We There were a couple things that I wanted to get into beyond that. First, one other thing that we discussed in episode one was VOD. I don't, we got into the conversation about movies coming out on VOD. And remember, this was in 2012. So by this point, it, VOD was a thing, but it wasn't as nearly as prevalent as it is now. And we had a little conversation about that. I just thought we'd give that a listen. I'm hoping that people start using the, the video on demand and stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Start really going that route. I think uh, we're going to see a big, um, a big surge in movies that are getting distribution not only in theaters, but digital distribution as well. They are they started doing it last year, I believe, at Sundance. And this year, they did it a lot more. So yeah. I think what I'd like to see is more of that video-on-demand distribution because more people are watching on-demand because it's becoming more accessible. And you have services like iTunes that are putting out films... Uh, they're doing advanced screenings of films. I mean, the the Tim and Eric movie. We predicted it. We knew that VOD was going to be a thing, and it's it's. Be- <laughs> but it's also like the easiest prediction we could have made. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> but at the time, remember that they're, they're like nothing but crap was coming out on VOD. True, that is true. Like Netflix wasn't putting out original. They had some original stuff, but I think that they were just doing like, uh, like stand-up specials and stuff like that. At that time, I don't think that they. This was before they were jumping into movies and 
TV shows and stuff like that. Going back to the lack of editing, I put together this little compilation and I thought you you might get a kick out of. Yeah. This is all this is all from episode one. Uh 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 and uh um 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 uh um um uh uh oh uh 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 film Oh boy. I said uh and um and that's not even all of them. That was just the ones that I quickly grabbed while scanning through. Yeah. Didn't cut any of them out. Didn't cut nice. just left all the ums and uhs in there. Kept it kept it natural. I'm sure it was a pleasure to listen to <laughs> that coupled with <laughs> you like eating the microphone and <laughs> the horrible conversations that we were having that just couldn't end them. Just kept trailing on forever and ever. Uh, a couple other, just a small clips here. This is from episode two. This is when I was doing my watch list and I talked about this movie I saw called tiny furniture. Let's give that a listen. Um, I also saw tiny furniture and I know you saw this one too. Uh, but I finally... Obviously, I did not learn to cut out the ums and ahs in episode two either. Got around to watching it, and I really liked that one. I thought I, that was really yeah, good. I enjoyed uh, Tiny Furniture a lot. She, uh... What's... Lena Durham? Durham? Yeah, I think so. Uh, she actually has a show that's coming out soon. A, t- a TV show? Yeah. Called, Ooh. uh... Girls. Oh yeah, on HBO, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that Which... looks. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. So you you <laughs> you're pretty excited about Lena Durham's <laughs> Girls. What are your What are your thoughts now after the show has ended? Oh god! <laughs> did you Did you continue to watch Girls? I think I saw one episode. (laughs) (laughs) The insight that that I provided was, oh man, you you knew that. I also Lena. I also (laughs) Lena Durham was going places. Well, I was just I just love that. I'm like, I like that too. (laughs) Like, what the hell is my voice too? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Is that how I always sound? No, not anymore. It's just, I think it's awkward when you first start doing it. I I think that when you first start doing a podcast, like you, you're just not sure how to talk. You, you don't know how to talk for, for a podcast. This is from episode three. This is you laying out a quick comment about Denzel Washington, who you, you love. You've said it many times. He loved Denzel. Let's see what you say here in episode three. Anytime I see a trailer where it pops up that Denzel Washington is playing an agent or a police officer or in some capacity of Mm -hmm. law enforcement of some kind, no, no. (laughs) What do I like him when he does other stuff? Okay, that one is the cop. Do you stand? Or do you do you still agree with that statement? Not a fan of Denzel I Cop. So. I think so. I think, yeah, I'm more excited when he's, you know, when he's dishing shit out, but not in a in the, a, as law enforcement because then he's just an asshole. Got it. So that was a conversation stemmed <laughs> from my watch list entry of safe house a movie that until listening to that episode i forgot even existed which is funny because this is what i said about it there was no originality with it it seems like it's going to be one of those movies that 10 years from now you're going to completely forget that you saw it yeah no i'm going to forget it probably by the end of the year i'll forget it it's so forgettable and I completely forgot that that movie existed. <laughs> Do you remember that safe house with it was with Denzel no, Washington and Ryan Reynolds? 
I don't remember anything about the movie at all. So correct prediction there. This one, I don't even know if I want to play it because I feel. Well, well, let's just listen and you'll you'll be able to tell why. It was uh, I didn't think I was going to like it. Oh, by the way, this is me talking about the secret world of Arietti. I honestly am not a huge fan of the Studio Ghibli Oh, really? Films. Really? Yeah, I'm really not. I don't know. I'm a huge I'm not, fan. See, I'm not huge on anime. Um, I said, <laughs> really? so I said I did not like Studio Ghibli films. I'm not sure that I ever saw a Studio Ghibli film up until that point. I don't know if I ever did. Because I was talking about The Secret World of Arietti and I was saying how I'm not a big fan of Studio Ghibli stuff. But I loved that movie, which is funny because I don't even remember that movie at all. And I can now say, having seen uh, almost the entire Studio Ghibli filmography, that that is like one of the weakest out of all of them. Yeah. I also love how you're like, I'm not big on anime. Yeah. It's just like, uh, that's not true. Um, it's somewhat. I mean, maybe not at the time, but it, but I do love this idea of like hearing ourselves and just being like, "Well, that's bullshit." What the fuck? Yeah, such an idiot. Here's a quick conversation we had about McG because I I did a review for that This Means War movie, or not a review, but I said that I saw it because that's pretty much how it was back then. <laughs> it's his. The, his the actual name is McGinty. McGinty, that's his name. Joseph McGinty Nickel. I mean, why couldn't he just, you know, have his normal name? <laughs> because he's too cool for that. He's not that special. No, Charlie's cool. Angels full throttle for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that was our rant about McG. <laughs> why, why? How did I know McG's name? I think you looked it up. I had to, because I. I I forgot McG existed until you just said. Yeah, it. I think now. I think that that was the first time that you had heard of the name McG, and you were just so blown away by the fact that he goes by McG that you that you looked it up. So that's a little smattering of our early days. I enjoy going back and listening to these just to just to see that even though I still am maybe our harshest critic we've really come a long way since then i think yeah i think well i think we've come from like absolute garbage to like eh, kind of garbage we've we've gone to like from from a stinking pile of trash to like wet leaves yeah we've upgraded ourselves a little bit Wet leaves still might be kind of too generous. Too good? All right. I mean, maybe. That's why I distinguished wet leaves, because dry leaves are better than yeah. the wet. Obviously. Obviously. Yes. What what you should, because this happens to me, because I have a drain in my yard, is like wet old leaves <laughs> that are like half decomposing. Yeah, like the, mush, the mushy and, leaves. Oh, man. You try and pick them up. Oh. Like that. I think we might be that right Okay, now. I gotcha. Decomposed leaves. <laughs> Wet. Wet decomposing leaves. <laughs> half rotted. Wet half rotted leaves. Yeah, okay. That's that's where we're at at this point. Maybe maybe in another three hundred we'll get uh dry leaves. We'll see. I just uh it's, I find it fascinating to go back and listen to these. I mean, I try not to do it because it's painful. Like, these are still available. Like, I, I was, when I was editing the clips and listening wow. back, I, it dawned on me that people can still listen to these episodes <laughs> if they want to. And no, no, no. then I felt no. instantly very self conscious about that, that these are still floating out in the wild. And I thought for a second, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of them. I'm going to take them all down. But then I was like, nah, forget it. I'll just leave them. <laughs> leave them out there in the ether. 
Yeah, if you want to do that to yourself, by all means. Yeah, I mean, that's why... Because at first I was like, oh, well, I'll just play the whole episode and we'll just do like commentary on the whole thing. But then when I went back and listened, I realized that there's just large chunks of them where we don't really talk about anything at all. And it's just very, very boring. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it I don't know. It doesn't really, really go anywhere. So in the third episode, we started a segment called not the bees where we had we went over the the week's worst news so we had news segments back then where we would talk about what's happening in in the world of cinema and not the bees was sort of our look at different things that pissed us off about the industry and in the third episode, which was our first segment on it, we talked about the Valley Girl remake, which hasn't happened yet, to my knowledge. We talked about a Twisted Metal movie that was being made. That never happened either. And we played this clip from Nicolas Cage. And I thought that I would just include it on here as a nice segue into our review of Mandy. So let's give this a listen. We also, let's go ahead and get this uh, Nicolas Cage clip going. He was interviewed this week on an internet uh, talk uh, movie site, and he's had some very interesting things to say. This is in regards to when they were filming uh, Ghost Rider 2. So let's give this a quick listen. I've been told that um, all actors really hail from the early medicine men and the, and the shamans in the villages pre-Christianity where they would put on masks and, and act mm. out. And, and really, what, they were probably pretty crazy, but they would <laughs> go in and find answers to questions. Today, you're called psychotic if you do that. Yeah. But it's all, it's all <laughs> uh, semantics. So what I would do is I'd put on Afro-Caribbean paint, like a white and black paint, and black out my eyes, so I look like this sort of Afro-Caribbean voodoo icon. And then I would sew in bits of uh, Egyptian <laughs> artifacts that were thousands of years old into my costume and gather some onyx or tourmaline or something that was meant to have onyx. vibrations. And who knows if it works or doesn't, <laughs> but for me it was an idea of like trying to stimulate my, my mind or trick my so that was Nicolas Cage back then. My favorite, my favorite part is, I think that's when Ryan would hang out after we did his, because I'm pretty sure you can hear him yawn <laughs> big time, like halfway through it. Probably, yeah. That's right, because he would just stay, he would just do the show with us and just not talk. He would just hang out and listen. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Not not at all. Let's keep the the cage train running and talk talk about Mandy. Mandy's set in the primal wilderness of 1983 where Red Miller, a broken and haunted man, hunts an unhinged religious sect who slaughtered the love of his life. This uh is directed by Panos Cosmatos. His first movie in eight years, I think. Beyond the Black wow. Rainbow came out in when did that come out? Twenty ten, yeah. Now you and I were not fans of that movie. We I think we actually reviewed it on this on the podcast, if I remember correctly. Because it, it I think it came out in twenty ten, but it didn't get any kind of release for a really long time, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That's why I was kind of surprised when he said 2010. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure when we reviewed it on the show, but I know that it was, I'm almost certain that we talked about it on the podcast because yeah, it was really it hard to find. It didn't get any kind of, it, it got some kind of weird distribution like years later or something. And you and I were not, fans of his first movie i think that we both agreed that stylistically it was pretty incredible but as far as the the plot it just was not really not nothing there 
So we we actually reviewed this on episode 33 of the podcast. That was September 17th, 2012. So I, I saw this at Sundance, wrote a review for it back then, rewatched it today for this this review. We'll start with you, Kevin. What did you think of Mandy? I hate to be redundant and kind of just always my first critique is always runtime, but who boy, this one's a rough one with that runtime. And uh, I think the, the main issue is because everything is just so drawn out. Mm-hmm. Everything, the dialogue, everyone gets one of those fucking monologues to deliver where it's, you know, monotone. They speak extremely slowly. And I know that it's supposed to be, it's supposed to kind of like build up and the camera always kind of pulls in on the person and it's supposed to be riveting. But every time that it happened in this movie, I just, I was not feeling it. I just, and it just kept going and going. And, you know, you have all these scenes of, I don't know, like with some synths or some drone music. Mm -hmm. And it just, it felt like it was just, I liked the visuals at first but a, a lot of it after a while just felt recycled. Mm. And it just took forever to get to, you know, its revenge story. And then it kicks in the revenge. And unfortunately, like the that revenge story was just kind of bland too, where it's, I've seen that numerous times before. Sure. Yeah. I uh, I agree with most of what you're saying. I I enjoyed the visuals. I think throughout, I would agree that I, I wouldn't say that they were recycled. I would just say that that was the visual tone of yeah. the film. Like I, I don't know if I would say it was recycled. I mean, they were. It was recycled, but I feel like that to me is a little bit too harsh to say recycled it was it was used multiple times i mean you did have this kind of trippy you know like purple like almost psychedelic vibe to it everything in this movie felt like it was something out of a heavy metal magazine there was there were like really strong heavy metal vibes coming from this movie and that that's the one thing that i liked about it i liked the excess of this movie. Everything was in excess. The the runtime, the stretched out monologues, the creeping camera that would just do the slow zoom in forever, the the sort of building billowing score, the over the top violence. I, I just everything about this felt very metal to me. And that's what I that's one of the things I liked about it. The aspects I didn't like, A, the runtime, I completely agree with you. Too long. Trim this sucker down. (laughs) It it was just too long. It felt very plodding at times. And the buildup, while I like slow buildup in tons of movies, I'm a fan of the slow burn, it did feel by the time it hit that revenge, like finally, like we're finally here. Now I think that there were some scenes that acted as sort of a reprieve from that slog that we were going through. Like for instance, when the, when his uh, girlfriend first gets, I guess it's his, his girlfriend or his wife. I don't know if they specified when she gets killed and he's like back at, their house and he's just dealing with it. That scene in the bathroom when he's just that scene was great. <laughs> when he, he's standing there in his underwear with with, with the, the tiger shirt. He's just drinking and he's in those dirty socks. And he's just he's injured, covered in blood, and he's just freaking the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. I loved that scene. The wallpaper, like everything about that scene just popped and I loved it. Yeah. That room was uh, offensive. (laughs) Yeah. Like like it was an onslaught. Yeah. 
I just, I love, that's one of my favorite scenes in, in the whole movie. I like that the, that Cosmatos allowed Nicolas Cage to just be Nicolas Cage in this movie. He was just like, you do you, Nick, you do you. So you have these lines, these like random lines, like the, like the knock, knock joke, knock, knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada, Eric Estrada, who? Eric Estrada from Chips. And that's the joke. Uh, Which works because Nick Cage. Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's a lot of that kind of really absurd oddball humor. Like the, uh, was it goblin goblin shatter the, the, Mm -hmm. the, and he was just transfixed by this goblin shatter ad and a, just small things like that, I think, were, were what I liked most about yeah. Mandy. I also kind of, going into it, I was, I was kind of expecting more of an unhinged Nick Cage. Especially considering watching earlier this year, Mom and Dad, where he's just going apeshit in that movie. And this one, you think he's going to. And there's some flashes here and there, but... For the most part, he's, I mean, relatively speaking, but for the most part, he's kind of, he's kind of tame uh, yeah. as far as cage performances go. Yeah, he has some, there's definitely some outbursts. Now, I saw this before I saw Mom and Dad. Actually, I think I saw Mom and Dad in this like right at the same time, because I, th- I think I watched Mom and Dad when I was at Sundance in the hotel. So I saw gotcha. these right around the same time. But yeah, he there's definite outbursts. There's there's some crazy outbursts when he's t- talking to the guy when he's picking up the crossbow and he's describing the the cult to him. You you see that that crazy Nick Cage just peeking through. Just just peeking through a little bit there. Yeah. But it, I mean, you know, you don't have you don't have mom and dad cage where he's running through the house chasing someone barking like Sawzall. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to have that. No, just, no. This seems like a perfect opportunity for him to at least act like a tiger. I don't know. Something. So like Maybe a little bit more unhinged. I mean, he does give that great look at the camera when he's looking at the empty passenger seat covered in blood. Oh, yeah. Car ride. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is that. You do get that at least. And the you tore my shirt. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite shirt. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definite shades of uh crazy Nick crazy Nick Cage in there, which I appreciated. And everything is just so over the top in this movie. Like the first of all, title card shows up an hour and fifteen minutes in, which I Definitely appreciate. I love that. The the one thing I didn't the the one aspect that I didn't like at all is the animate like the yeah. animated dreams. No, why? Not Don't for me. That. Yeah that that was Don't another. I thought that that was problematic as well because that just it didn't add anything to me, and it just looked bad. <laughs> it didn't look good. It it looked indicative of the sort of style that they were going for. Like it reminded me of that, like the first yeah. heavy, heavy metal movie. Like it reminded me of that style of animation. I think that that movie had multiple segments and different animators, but it just had that like overall yeah. look to it, which I hate. Like I can't stand that style, that kind of seventies, eighties heavy metal style of animation, which it just doesn't, well, I- doesn't look good. And I think by the time that that shows up in the movie, you're kind of like, yeah, I, we get it. We, all right. You don't have to, we get it metal. All right. (laughs) Yeah. The, so his wife gets kidnapped and killed by these crazy biker guys. I don't even know if they're human. They seem human, but they're, they're all messed up on this crazy L- lsd well this stuff. is the thing 
And this was another problem that I have with the movie because it just feels like a lot of like already existing ideas. Because the biker dudes, my immediate thought is Hellraiser. Oh yeah, they big se- time. They seem like Xenobites, and it's just like okay, or it's just like okay. Then you have this whole like you know Pacific Northwest, so it's kind of got like it's going for this bizarre Twin Peaks vibe, and it's just like you're just kind of like taking all these ideas that already exist and they're just kind of smushing them together. Mm-hmm. And it, and when you have this large buildup where not that much really happens in terms of like writing, it's just like, what, like what's the screenplay for this? What is it like three pages long? <laughs> where it's just like, it's just Hellraiser, Charles Manson, Twin Peaks, uh, wife dies, Nick Cage gets to be Nick Cage, death. You know, like, it's just so thin. Well, and I think that that's a complaint that both of us had about Beyond the Black Rainbow as well. Like, yeah. there just, there wasn't a lot going on there other than the visual aspects of it. It's definitely a style yeah. over substance type of movie. Which is great because, I mean, the style is the substance. So that's that's fine. But here it just, it felt like this, at least beyond the black rainbow felt somewhat original. Mm -hmm. This just felt like a lot of borrowed ideas. Yeah. I felt that the, the revenge portion of it worked for me. That's when it started picking up the pace and started to become a lot more fun, significantly more fun when he's just messing up the bikers, messing up the cult members, just destroying them once he, and I also love the scene when he makes the ax, when he's creating (laughs) the ax, that whole sequence, making that, that thing. (laughs) And then finally, because it gets taken away from him, like right after he, makes it i'm like what What are you kidding me they're they're going through all of this we're not going to be able to see him use that axe but no it comes back and he uses it he uses it to great effect i do love the fact that when he makes that it just cuts and apparently he has like his own foundry i'm guessing make an axe i'm guessing i just love i love that it's not explained it's just like here's the cage at the foundry making an axe i'm guessing he was he went to his work and used used the one at his because I hope he di- I hope he didn't I hope he actually just went out back <laughs> could be you might have it in the shed a little foundry in the shed it'd be crazy great I was a fan of the chainsaw fight there's a good chainsaw fight you don't get to see chainsaw fights that often now sometimes you have an issue with the over the top blood and gore and violence. And this movie is very, very bloody and gory. Did that affect you? Did it bother you? No, not because here it was, you know, it's exaggerated. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, it's over the top. It's ridiculous. You know, he has a founder in his backyard for Christ's sake. And he has a tiger shirt. And I just watched him like for in real time, drink a whole bottle of vodka, <laughs> scream, scream, crying. So I, it, that, that, when you get to that kind of violence, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me as much because I know we're firmly planted in playland. Right. But yeah. I have to say when it did, when he got to the final, like, like that huge a frame church thing, the uh, the cinematography and everything just really came together at the end there with that with that structure. Yeah, I love especially when they when they got that thing to come down the way that they got a they come down perfectly like on its side like a trail. That was great. Yeah, I loved the the giant cross thing. I was I was digging the color palette of this movie in general. Lots of pinks and purples and neon, and it it, it certainly had this sort of drug trip vibe to it which fit considering i think essentially what happens is he goes in he fights the bikers and he gets he he 
ends up consuming some of that LSD stuff, and that's when he goes really crazy. Oh, yeah, because he, he had that with the Coke, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he's, still, he's still going off of that, that full bottle of vodka, too. Oh, yeah. So he's probably not feeling anything. That's why he's taking everybody down. Overall, I did not have a bad time with this movie. I liked it more than Beyond the Black Rainbow. I gave it a six and a half in my review. And that's off the initial viewing. Yeah. Where are you sitting on this out of 10? I'm sitting like I originally right off the bat. Maybe not right off the bat, but next day was like a five. But I'm thinking like five and a half, maybe six. It's definitely a movie that you will not forget about. No, no. It, it is. It is certainly a unique movie, even if it borrows heavily from other media. Yeah, it's an ex- even that when he goes to kill that one biker dude, you got the whole seven thing going on too, mm-hmm. which is just like, come on, man, <laughs> you can come up with your own thing. Here and there. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I thought it was okay. There, there were yeah, there were know. there were problems with it, but I think overall it was pretty out there, pretty exciting. A lot of people are loving this movie. It has like a ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. People are just they're sort of embracing the campy insanity of it. Yeah. Which I totally understand. Like I, I, if people if people are loving this movie, I'm glad because I think that we need more movies like this out there that are more challenging and more risk taking. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't fault anyone for truly embracing this and loving it. I mean, good for you. I'm I'm, I'm glad you had a great time. I just unfortunately wasn't the same level of, of excitement. I would say that if you have the opportunity to see it in the theater, do so. Just it is long and you do feel that length, but seeing it in a theater environment with those sort of those loud synth sounds like booming in and it's just so bombastic, it's definitely worth you get more out of a theater experience with this then I would say viewing it at home. So it is available on VOD if it is not playing in your area. So you can check it out there. Uh, That's Mandy. All right, let's talk about some new releases this week. We got Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 11.9 coming out. You like what he did with that? He had Fahrenheit 9.11 and they did Fahrenheit 11.9. No. No, thank you. Now, why why no thank you? Because you, you've liked Michael Moore's movies in the past, correct? I have, yeah. But that was the past. That was such a long time ago. And I just really do not have any uh, intention of seeing his brand of documentary. I think in this climate his stuff can be not helpful. You know what I mean? Like the other side, the conservative right probably just looks at his movies like the, uh, Oh God, the name's escaping me now. What's that? The guy that did um, death of a nation. What's that guy's name? Uh, Yeah. Dinesh D'Souza. Is that his name? Yeah. That guy. Uh, I think that he, Michael Morse probably looked at the same way. Not to say that he is that level. I, I don't think that he. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. I'm not I'm not terribly excited about this movie either. So we'll just leave it at that. Life itself also comes out. This is another one that. Yeah, I saw a trailer for this uh, maybe a week ago, and I don't understand what this movie's about. 
like other than life itself? Is it just people living? I, I'm not sure. Have you seen anything about this movie? Is this by the the people that have that show? That show where it's like we're gonna try and make you the saddest you've ever been. Um, the one with the crock pot it had a crock pot accident. Oh yeah, it is actually. So it's <laughs> Dan Dan Fogelman from This Is Us. I I just don't understand the appeal of that show. I've never seen the show. I it I agree. I does not appeal to me whatsoever. I just always saw like, you know, TV spots or promos. And it was always kind of like presented that way. Like, oh, this episode's just gonna fucking wreck your life. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna feel so awful. And it's just like, why do I wanna do that? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if this movie is going to be the same, if it's going to do the same thing. I'm not sure, but either way, it does not appeal to me. Well, plus you got that that poster tells you everything you need. Yeah, to know. exactly. <laughs> Whenever they break it into the three bars like that, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. We also have the house with a clock in its walls coming out. This is the Jack Black family film Kate Blanchett's in there too this doesn't look too bad to me I'm I don't know if I'll see this in the theater but I might check it out when it hits VOD or Netflix or one of those it looks kind of fun it looks like a perfect Netflix movie yeah I I think it you know looks similar to the Goosebumps movie and I actually liked the Goosebumps movie quite a bit so I'll give this one a look the sisters brothers comes out what do you what do you think about the sisters brothers you excited for this one i'm not necessarily excited it looks okay i think it looks okay the new uh jacques odiard john c Riley, joaquin phoenix western western comedy yeah Uh, i'll definitely be giving this a look too assassination nation comes out very excited about this one. Okay. I think I've heard good things. So it seems, seems like my type of movie. It's about a town where it takes place in Salem. And I guess someone hacks everybody's social media. Like everybody hacks their phones and uh-huh. leaks all of their personal secrets. And the town just goes nuts and starts killing each other. Man, that's not good. Yeah. Colette comes out. Hi. This is the one with um, uh, Keira Knightley. Not uh, not too interested in that one, but it could be could be good. Tea with the Dames comes out. This is a documentary about the, all of the, the dames. Oh, okay. Judy Dench and Maggie Smith and others. Eileen Atkins. Not not my cup of tea. (laughs) I guess guess that warrants a documentary. (laughs) Couldn't that just be like a BBC special? Yeah, you'd think that it seems more suited for some kind of special TV special, not an actual like documentary film in theaters. Like a little little mini series. They just interview. You know, each week there's a new episode. Yeah. Well, I think the whole thing is that all of them are together and they're having tea oh. with one another and they're having conversations. Okay. Whatever. Love Gilda comes out. This is the Gilda Radner documentary. I might be checking out Love Gilda. I'm a big fan of Gilda Radner, but. The movie, like, I already know a lot about her and her past and everything and her career. So I don't know if this movie would bring anything to me other than heartache, you know, like extreme, extreme sadness that she's gone. I I actually thought you already saw this documentary. Mm -mm, No, no, it did play at Sundance, but I did not see it there. 
that's pretty much it for the for the biggies. We've got some smaller movies hitting theaters. Little Italy, The Last Suit, The Song of Sway Lake, Quincy, which is the Quincy Jones documentary, Goyo, The Boy General, uh, My Son, Intelligent Lives. That's that's it for theaters. VOD this week. We got Diane coming out. A Sibling Mystery. This is on Tuesday. Lost Child. Cynthia. I Think We're Alone Now comes out on the 21st. That's the Peter Dinklage post-apocalyptic story with um, Elle Fanning. It's pretty good. I would check. I would check that one out. Bel Canto. It's the one with uh, Julianne Moore. The Quincy documentary, which is on Netflix, so you can see that. And Love Gilda. Beyond the Sky. American Dresser, which has an incredible poster. What a poster! What's, what's this called? American Dresser. Oh yeah. Is is it about? people that dress people or is it about an actual dress neither it's starring tom Uh. berenger i'm not exactly sure oh i do have a synopsis right in front of me it follows john moore a hard-edged hard-edged vietnam veteran who's recently widowed and estranged from his adult daughters after discovering a decades-old secret his wife kept for years john finds himself at a crossroads and decides to confront the mistakes of his past by fulfilling a lifelong dream. He fixes up his American dresser motorcycle and sets out across the country with his best friend, Charlie. There you have it. Wow. It's it's life is a ride. One mile at a time. (laughs) God. Isn't that true? That's pretty much it for VOD. This week, let's take a look at Blu-ray. We got Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom coming out. That's the newest one. Is that the the one that was just in theaters? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, several months ago. I think it's time. I haven't seen it yet. I probably will before the end of the year, but... I'm not in any hurry. Arrow's releasing Horrors of Malformed Men from 1969. Uh, Arrow's also releasing The Pajama Girl Case from 1977. Siberia is coming out. That's the one with Keanu Reeves. The Looming Tower is coming out. Phantasm 3 is getting a Blu-ray release. The Hired Hand from 1971. That's Arrow as well. That's uh, Arrow Academy, I believe. That's pretty much all I have. What about Criterion's this week? Uh, Criterion, there's one Criterion. That's my man Godfrey from uh, Gregory LaCava. All right. 1936 comedy. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to 300 episodes of this thing here's to 300 more we'll be old men by we'll be old old feeble men by the time we hit 600 episodes you can send us (laughs) you can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net you can follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulse kevin if you have a minute take a look at our patreon page patreon.com slash filmpulse consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.